0: Hello there, and welcome to the latest episode of the Europeans Football Show with myself, Jack Brooks, and my good friend Marcus Savage. Whereas this week, we are in the Super League of Turkey, which really is a league where you think it would be dominated by the big three, which is what happened last year. Besiktas, Galatasaray and Fenerbahce had just two points between them at the end of the season in first, second and third last year. However, so far, 12 games in this year, you're finding Trabzonspor, Sport, Hattiesport and Konyaspor leading the way. Turkey is definitely, Marcus, um, a country which is also quite quite uh, well known for getting some good 30-something players, isn't there, who have had a real good career at some stage. And then they Turkey's a big ground for the players like that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think when players get to a certain age, they either go... To, at the moment, it looks like they're either going to China yeah, or they're going to Turkey.
0: It's it's like China will pay them a bit more, but Turkey yeah. is still a bit of a better standard and there's the option of European football. Exactly that. And Turkey's really well followed.
1: I don't think you, you actually understand how... Like, Turkish football, I think it has as many viewers as something like La Liga. No. Or, yeah, just because it's, it's one, of, it is one of the most followed leagues in Europe. And it's just because of the crazy population of Turkey, this is like a huge population, all liking football, and all across Europe, there's, there's, um, there's, there's a Turkish, all the Turkish communities that are situated throughout Europe as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it just meant that there's, there is such a huge following. Of, of Turkish football, so I do see, appeal, do see the appeal because there's so there's there's there is quite a bit of money in the super league, mm. the league, super league, however you want to say it. Mm.
0: It's um, yeah, then they take passion to another level, don't they? Just
1: a bit. If by passion you mean violence, stabbing, <laughs> grievous bodily harm, yeah. <laughs> Very passionate fan. <laughs> yeah, you know when they, uh, it was Radamel Falcao went to uh, Galatasaray. Galatasaray, people went to see him go to Galatasaray, then uh, people went to see Messi arrive at PSG. Really? Yeah. It was like something like 25,000 people came to see Radamel Falcao go to Galatasaray. I think he went from Man United where he had a terrible season.
0: Sounds right. I, I yeah. can remember the videos of him th- th- arriving at the airport and being absolutely mobbed.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, like it's just just crazy. Just crazy fans. I do love it. Like it's great to watch. But it's got such a following throughout. And I can like I can see why. You see in all your old Premier League favorites, like well, I won't name them because we've got a game coming up, but 2 year old Premier League favorites competing at a, at a level where I don't really know if it had a brand of football. When I, I watched, like the team, I watched Galatasaray, they seemed to—they didn't really have a—they played—they—they're—they're they're doing better than the team that they played, but to say they had a better brand of football, I'm not too sure. How was yours?
0: Uh, yeah, I would say quite similar, to be honest. Um, brand of football is good though. I I watched Istanbul Bashuk Shahir. And I was quite impressed with their football. And uh, they got a new manager in charge, who we'll touch on later, that uh, people who follow the Premier League will be familiar with. Um, so I was quite impressed. I found my player based on research before just going through the big teams, hence why I've gone to Bashak Shahir. And uh, I feel like I really have taken the word unearth to a different level this week, because this guy's hardly even played. I've just seen bits of when he has played and the numbers which he posted when he does play. Um, and I feel like, I mean, it's not like my guy is going to be in a top Europe's five league just yet because he's not even really become a mainstay in his current team. So I've gone a bit more left field this week. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's um, they, the quality of football in general must be getting better in every league, surely at the moment. No, everyone's trying to slowly convert to, in our idea, a better style of football, uh, and and slowly going are the days of the more physical, direct, disciplined teams. I think.
1: Hey, so I know when we when we do podcasts, we don't like to mention things that have happened recently because obviously podcasts you can listen to at any time and do not really know when it the dates were. But can you remember? I think it was Italy when we spoke about when I spoke about Roy Keane. And literally yeah. out there. To, have you seen the clip recently of him saying, "I just went to smash people to make myself feel better"? No, I have not. Yeah, literally. If I was having a bad game, I'd go out. there, I'd just smash someone just to <laughs> about myself. Oh, literally, no place for that anymore. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I've I've had a bit of backlash from it saying. Old United fans saying you're an idiot. Still <laughs> still wearing their United sharp kit. Yeah. Big old sleeves and big old collars looking like Steve Bruce. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. He can still play. He can still do a bit. It's still a place for that. I'd love to see that. I wouldn't. It's Yeah, it's funny because, I mean, I personally think Roy Keane is better than people give him credit for. But the, the side that you're talking about and the Vinnie Joneses that you mentioned, they're... People who say there is still a place for that in football are a bit blinded by the current rules and protections of the the game these days. They would no chance stay on the pitch if they played that way.
1: No, I think if VAR was about with like Vinnie Jones, Roy Keane, I think you would see more players in prison (laughs) for what they they used to do. Mm. Like, (laughs) you just couldn't get away with it. Joel would probably be going mental at us right now. He'd be piping up, going, No, 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 no we can still do that. Of course, he would. He lived in
0: Premier League years 2004, I'm sure he would. Uh, uh, yeah, the crazy gang's probably Joel's favorite 11 of all time. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. But I mean, Turkish football itself, I actually quite enjoyed this league. Yeah. At you. um, I can't believe you haven't covered it before. Just. Good. How big it actually is and some of the players that are still playing in that league but i think and it's good to see that the because you like we do go to these leagues and i have done galatasaray game but it is good to go to leagues like this and not to do the big teams um but i didn't quite figure out how like so i knew like i knew that turkish football was crazy but I think one of the derbies, so you got like big derbies. What have we got? You've got old firm, you've got, well, you've got old firm, you've got Manchester derby, you've got Merseyside derby, etc. That yeah. are known for being or used to be pretty, pretty nutty. But you've seen Merseyside derbies now, you see Manchester United, Man City derbies, old firm, probably still a little bit, but they're all kind of diluted by the fact that I think fans, rightly so, I think, in my opinion, have got a bit nicer. Um, you don't get as many fights that, oh, well, they aren't as publicised as much. Mm-hmm. Um, as bad as they used to be. Um, the Galatasaray-Fanabashe derby is exactly how it used to be.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, there are still there are still people that are coming out with horrible injuries. Like, people with, like, stab wounds and grooves bodily harm. But do you know, actually know where it stemmed from? I have no idea. Here we go, then. Strap Strap in. I am interested in this. Sit yourself down. So this, so this is like an old derby. Like this isn't like derbies that have just come about recently in the last 10, 20, 30 years, maybe like Ukrainian football. So this came in like literally the early 1900s, as I think a lot of derbies have done. You get the old, like a lot of football teams are set up by your working class and your, your factory workers and competing against other factories. This was more schools so bear with me so Galatasaray right was founded by a group of students from Istanbul's kind of equivalent to Yale so to speak called Galatasaray High School 1905 purpose of the school was uh, to provide uh, to provide French language education for the elites of the Ottoman Empire the Ottoman Empire it uh, it's not a history lesson so don't worry but picture this is like the European side so this is the part of Turkey that is European
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Fenerbahçe was built in 1907 from the, I suppose, from the other side of Turkey, which was more Asian community. Okay. So it's the growing Asian side of Turkey. Okay. And then in 1912, this is when the, in 1912, the, the president basically said, right, let's merge Galatasaray and Fenerbahçe together. So imagine that this would form like an Istanbul super club. So then, right, and it was going to be called Turk Lubu, the Turkish club. I yeah. don't know if I said that right. Turk <laughs> there you go. However, then the Balkan Wars hit, which is a huge, like, huge, huge war, and it's still people are still living from it today. Um, so the proposal could be completed mainly because they were fighting each other, so that's why the, the, the merge couldn't be completed. But essentially, it's it, like the Ottoman Empire fell and it, the Turkish Empire became almost the Asian side kind of one, for for want of a better word. But the war was fierce. The war was terrible, the Balkan Wars. And you still have those rivalries now. Mm. And when they are competing against each other, Galatasaray and Fernabashe, they're basically competing. To say that like when Manchester United and Manchester City are competing for Manchester, to say that Fernabashe and um, Galatasaray are competing for Istanbul is almost an understatement mm. basically because they literally they literally are that's you, interesting you still feel the, the passion not to be helped by Graham Souness <laughs> this bloke
0: <laughs> imagine this
1: some Scottish bloke <laughs> with shiny white teeth and a terrible moustache um, when Galatasaray won the Turkish Cup against Fernabasha you can imagine in their own ground yeah, yeah 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 you can imagine the passion that's already there the fact that people are in 96 as well like the people are the people are probably already jumping over fences to have a fight with each other people are, are generally trying out to really cause some harm and this scottish bloke with a big mustache after they win run in the middle of the pitch with a huge red and gold flag I just put it in the middle of their pitch, claiming <laughs> that it's theirs. Honestly, so when they lifted the cup, so it, watch a clip of it if you can. I have. Well, like to, basically they're lifting the club, the, the cup up behind a wall of police shields. Incredible, isn't it? People just like climbing over each other to literally rip Graham Soonis's face off. I'm sure he regrets it now. Maybe he does, maybe doesn't.
0: But oh, I'll- I Rhythm. can't believe he got out of there alive with that because yeah. if you watch the video, he comes charging out of the corner of the stadium with this massive flag, like you see at the NFL when they're bringing the teams on, yeah. absolutely stabs it into the center of the pitch and then runs off. Yeah. So people do quickly take it down, but I thought, how's he just ran off? How has he not been? I think one, I think that's one step away from
1: publicly urinating or defecating on their pitch. I would say that is is third behind what the worst things you can do. Oh, I mean, I would argue what he did was worse. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's just yeah. It is mental the fact that he did that. And so I, when you watch Graham soon, it's always get a bit like he's obviously quite a. So he's like he's probably a bit mild, mild mannered. He's a bit grumpy, but <laughs> back then you just I'd love a bit more of that in his punditry, for him <laughs> he just a... Uh, Do something
0: nutty. I mean, you can argue that some people uh, on whether you call it aggressive or or that sort of side, and when push comes to shove, they won't back it up. You cannot say that about Graham Sunes. No, is someone you. How much guts does that take, by the way, or just lack of care to do something like that? Maybe lack of
1: knowledge. Maybe if he, I'm sure he did know. I'm sure he's been told how crazy the Turkish Cup final. Maybe just got took up with it all. I don't
0: know, an idiot, but a very memorable moment, to say the least. I agree. Well done, Marcus. That was quite interesting. Um, you want some trivia, pal? Hey, always. This week, I'm going to change up the style a little bit. Well, it's similar. It's going to be Premier League appearances from Turkish players, but we're going to play higher or lower. So I've got about 10 for you. And uh, we'll see how you get on. So the first person, our little, uh, our first number is Muzzy, is it? Who played two hundred? Yes. yes, Leicester legend. Yes. Born in Hale End, I believe, but is uh, Turkish descent. Um, Muzzy, is it? Got two hundred and ninety-five Premier League appearances. Now, Marcus, Chagla uh, Soyuncu, higher or lower? Soyuncu.
1: I don't know because Soyen played, Soyen has been around for about two, three seasons now. So that's going to give you, I'm going to say Muzzy is it scored
0: higher? Yeah. So, yeah. I yeah. mean, Muzzy is it? I don't know if you didn't listen to me there or something, but I said 295. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Hey, look, I, I could be caught out. I don't. <laughs> badly as I have done in other competitions and, right?
0: and <laughs> remember it's Premier League appearances so a max of 38 in a season uh, yeah correct it's lower uh, Chagla Soyanchu, 72 Premier League appearances okay see my logic was right next do you remember this little man Emre at Newcastle Emre maybe left footed semi midfielder.
1: Mm, do I remember Emre uh, something's from mind but carry on,
0: carry on. It wasn't that long ago, um, but he was... Yeah, I can remember he... Oh, I can't remember the player with... I do. It's going to come to me. It was Didier Zakora at Spurs. Uh, Racism, morale. Emray got, uh, I suppose, proven guilty. As uh, You'll see the clips if you search for it. Emery was racist towards uh, Zakora, And the next time they played each other, both, you know... Zikora yeah, no, Xander I do remember that. ...beat the living hell out of him on the bridge. Yeah, no, I, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, 72 Premier League appearances, high or low, or Emre? I'm saying Emre's going higher. Well, you're wrong. Emre yeah. had 58 Premier League appearances. Uh, so one out of one. Next up, Reading's central midfielder, Jem Karachan. Jem Karachan. I.
1: Higher or lower than 58. Jem Karachan. Higher or lower than 58. I'm gonna go lower. but the trend.
0: Lower is correct. Well yeah. done. Jim Karachan. 21 Premier League appearances for Reading in the Premier League.
1: That if that didn't sound confident, you'd be right. That was a guess.
0: Yeah, well done. You got got lucky. Next up, central midfielder Nuri Sahin from Liverpool.
1: Nuri Sahin, like that player.
0: 21 Premier League appearances, yeah. higher or lower. Um
1: Nuri no, Sahin, he, surely he got higher. He played, I think he must have been there for two seasons. In like the, so he was like a, he came from uh, Dortmund, didn't he? I feel like he came from Dortmund and then he went back, maybe. But I know it wasn't a successful spell. So what was the last one in the 20s, 21? 21. 21
0: is the number to 21. He, he less you know, I I think he had one bad season. He was on loan from Real Madrid.
1: Yeah, on one season, you're not gonna make. Yeah, I I don't think one season you're not gonna make more than 21. If you've had a, he wasn't known for having a good season. He did score a goal or two.
0: I'm gonna say lower. Well done, Marcus. Yeah, one one loan appearance. uh, Sorry, one loan year from Real Madrid, where he clocked up seven Premier League appearances. Seven, how many goals do you, know, do you know? One, goals? one, right? Okay, yeah, one. Uh, yeah, we worked out quite well in the end. Um, so Nuri Sahin, seven, Gokhan Tore, who? Oh, you don't know the name, Gokhan, Gokhan? Tore. I, I want to say he was at Chelsea when he was younger, but I might be making that up. way, anyway, yeah, so T O R A, um, he. Oh, football manager and FIFA bandit. He's actually had quite a good career. He definitely was Chelsea um, as a youngster, but has probably had. Why well, he's been at Besiktas, which has been his best uh, yeah. best spell. But he had a loan spell at West Ham, 2016-17. Twenty-seven is our 20 number West to beat, Ham. or not? Beat. Seven is our
1: number to beat. Can you go less than seven games in the in in of note? I just, I'm gonna play it safe. Just, I've done. I think I've done a bit well so far. I think I'm probably riding my luck a bit too much. I'm gonna play it safe. Go. Surely you played more than seven games. Higher.
0: I'm sorry, that is the wrong answer. Got five yeah. Premier League appearances. The wow. Curveball there threw you out. Wow, you fell into the
1: trap that I was so well what an set. Idiot. Hey, what what don't I have egg on my face?
0: <laughs> what an idiot. Yeah. Okay, next up, Chenk Tossen. More Chank or lower? Tosin. I will lower Oh, than five. he higher. Higher. Than five. H- higher is correct. Still yeah. here by the way. He was on the bench Trevor. Yeah, I,
1: f- I think so. I, I I I don't he's not my sort of player, but I like him. He is a hard worker. I respect yeah. anyone who, when they come off the bench and they are a second string, right? So he's like, he's got, you've got what, Charlison who can play there, you've got Robert Lewin who can play there, like you had Moisa Keane who got in front of him like a couple of years ago. Like that's, I feel a bit sorry for him. I don't think he's, but his goal record isn't that bad, I don't think, for just coming off the bench all the time.
0: Uh, no, his goal record for his career is actually quite good. Everton, unfortunately, is his worst. Goals to game ratio, but he's good for his country. 18 goals in 45 appearances. Wow. Um, yeah, so you know, 41 in, in 96 for Bashiktas. Uh Wikipedia's telling me he's on loan there right now, three and three. Uh either way, uh sorry, that was last year. Um, you are correct. Cenk toss has yeah. got 54 Premier League appearances. Now, next up, we've got two more to go. Two guy. Two guy.
1: What a head of hair. Uh, and did he ever did he ever score a goal from inside the box? Uh no, I don't think he ever scored a goal within 30 yards. No, he could hit it. He could hit it. Yeah, he could hit it. Looked like he probably smoked about 50 a day as well. <laughs> he is what I reckon Joel's favorite player. Uh, he's got to be out there. He's just one of my favorite players, just for just for the memories. Um, I reckon he's got oh, he's got to be on more, hasn't he? He's been on. Over lockdown, I must have watched all the Premier League years and rarely was he not on it. Mm. Um, So, yeah, he's definitely, definitely higher than Kingston.
0: You are correct. He's the second highest on this list with 233. Got 11 goals for Blackburn in that time of the Premier League. Like you said, I'm sure all of them uh, were absolute crackers. Didn't realise that, I don't think I realised, they signed him from Rangers. Yeah? Yeah. I I didn't know know that. that. No, I didn't know that. Uh, well done, Tugai, 233, and the last name on the list, Tunchai. Do you remember Tunchai? Long, dark, curly hair. Middlesbrough yeah. is where he was best. Like, see, see these,
1: I get both of them mixed up. So I'm happy you said Tunchai, because I get, I get both of these people mixed up, as in him and Tugai.
0: Uh, yeah, Marcus Tudguy.
1: Yeah, so I get these, I get these players mixed up. Um he can't have had more than he can't be the top top Turkish appearances. Um can he? Middlesbrough, Stoke, and Bolton. Internal battle. Internal battle, lower.
0: Well done, yeah, that's correct. 125 for Tunchai. Uh I thought he was a very clever player. Could players at 10 at Middlesbrough in particular between 07 and 09. I don't know if that would. I don't know if I'm, it's got to be later than McLaren. Whoever was in charge, it might have been Southgate, you know. Either way, it was when they were struggling in Middlesbrough. And um, I thought he was the shining light. The problem was I probably just didn't get enough, enough goals um, to justify being so high up the pitch. But he was very clever, number 10, I thought. Yeah,
1: I'm going to be honest. I, and I please can other listeners just let me know or call me an idiot, probably the latter. Mm. These players mixed up. So when I pictured uh, Tugai, I have got Tunjai in my head. Okay, if makes sense. So yeah, so when I was picturing a that head of hair, I was picturing a black head of hair, not the crazy blonde hair um, that Tugai actually had. So please let me know if anyone else makes that mistake. That's just me being an idiot.
0: Yeah. Uh, Once you throw in Tugai as well as Tunjai and Tugai. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, confusion, I can see why. Yeah, I, uh, I'm right, actually. It is with Gareth Southgate, where, where Tunchai played for Barra. Yeah. It's always nice to be proved right. Uh, well done, Marcus. You got the majority of them right. I think you got two wrong. I'll, I'll take that, to be honest. Side note, uh, yeah, it was a good effort. Side note, just obviously this Turkish league, we touched on it earlier about some of the big names that are there at the moment. Balotelli's there, Pjanic is there. But some players, just a few players that have come over from the Premier League. So, Demba barr has been there. Dirk Kaut's been there. Gail Clichy's been there. Papis Cisse, Lucas Podolski, Didier Drogba, Emmanuel Aboué. Alexander Soloff done well recently. Martin Skirtle, Nanny, Robin Van Persie, Raul Morales, Aaron Lennon, Daniel Sturridge, Samir Nasri. Just 15 for you there. Okay, here's a, I'll
1: continue that list. Go on. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the, uh, give you the initials, and I'll give you the club that they're probably best known for playing for. Oh, hello. Here we go. PVA fullback for Palace. Yeah, Patrick van Aanholt. Indeed, indeed. Um, DY fullback for Newcastle. DeAndre Yedlin is indeed. Um, FB Sunderland striker. I think we've mentioned him a fair few times. Or, have we uh, I say a fair few times you mentioned him once did a very famous celebration
0: F, oh my brain's gone my brain's gone Sunderland striker his hand hey bit
1: his hand Fabio Berini it is indeed Fabio Berini I don't know his first name I, I won't <laughs> I, you get this so I just gave you C um I'll give you it. Give me the club. Huge huh? Cardiff striker Love to head the ball. Uh.
0: Yeah. Uh, come on, I can get this. No, go on. I don't want to take. Cornelius. Part. I should have got that. Andreas. Cornelius. And Cornelius is just yeah, is things. it Andreas?
1: Um. Yeah. Once again, don't know his first name, but Ivory Coast winger for Arsenal. So they begin with G. Yeah, is I Indeed, I don't even think he knows
0: his first name.
1: No, no,
0: no. Um,
1: RG, one of Leicester's only failed signings.
0: Yeah, do you know what? It's Rajid Gazelle. When, mm. I, when I looked at... Who's he playing for right now? Because I looked at it yesterday. Besiktas. Uh, I think
1: it's, yeah, Besiktas, yeah.
0: So their team, I'm just going to look at it now. Last time they played, they played, they played uh, 4-1, 4-1. And uh, their two number eights were Pianic, Alex Tekjerra. With Gazelle to the right hand side. There is some names, isn't there?
1: Oh mate. Well, wow. this is just a list. Here's another one. MB, um, Chelsea at Palace. I think short stint at Valencia, Belgian striker. Batch Yeah. Yep. Mm. Absolutely. Um M I mean MO played for Arsenal. Position. Mr Urzil, Özil. Sorry. Yeah, I think he has his own position, doesn't he? Yeah. Genius. Um, this one now, I uh, once again I can picture him playing in claret and blue, but he may not have even done that. So I'm really stitching you up here. Good. But it's like, it's got like a, almost like a double-barrelled surname, which is EV. I'm gonna check if he has actually played in the Premier League. What well, his surname's EV. EV. Um, I could be leading you down the absolute garden path here. Um just make sure. If I am, I'm really sorry. But yeah, his well, his name's Ev. He goes, his first name is it's Evie. I'm not really giving you much to go on here. You're giving me nothing. Played for West Ham, went alone to Everton. He's a winger slash forward. Nah, you've got you've
0: yeah, I've probably not described him very well. Enna Valencia. Are you you telling me that Enna Valencia is a double barrel surname? Well, I thought it was,
1: but that's His whole name, it is his whole name. That's
0: his more. whole name, That's his whole name Marcus Savage, that double barreled surname. <laughs> right, yeah. On that note, Jeff, I think Alan <laughs> I've
1: got a couple more, but a couple more. <laughs> oh, I've got Max, uh, Max Meyer, Ahmed Moose, Ahmed Moussa, and Stephen Colker. Has done well over there. Look, I mean, uh, amongst a few, like that, that is all of them, but like Ryan Barber as well. He's out there. He's still playing. I remember when I think it was he's Besiktas and they were playing in the in the Europa League against an English club and they did a whole thing on Ryan Babel. I
0: can't believe Ryan Babel's not
1: forty-five. No, and the fact that he is a still a Dutch. I know. Playing, He's still
0: well, he was re, up to recently. Yeah. A part of the Dutch national set, wasn't he? Incredible, incredible. He must have been at Liverpool in their first team when he was thirteen. Yeah. To, to still be going that seems like years ago What a big... was,
1: he, was he I remember him playing with Peter Crouch Um, was he part of the Champions League winning side I think he was wasn't
0: he he can't be it was 2005 16 was years that... ago he's 34 he signed for Liverpool in 2007 that's okay from well,
1: Ajax far off though but there you go he's got got a few miles got a few miles in him isn't he he has yeah good career um, but anyway, how was your
0: how was your game that you actually watched? Uh, yeah, so instead of watching a game, I watched I watched clips from Istanbul uh, Bashak Shahir uh, across a number of games. Obviously, at the moment, the player I'm profiling today uh, didn't play in their last game; was injured and was on the bench for a few games before that. So I didn't, you know, as I said, I am going from a little bit left field here. So Bashak Shahir, side note: last month, appointed Emre as their manager. So, yeah. yeah, we touched touched on him earlier. He um, had been the Fanabacce caretaker, and that was the you know and sporting director before that. Um, and this is his first gig as manager, and he started quite well. They've actually won their last four, so Emre doing some good stuff there. They're quite they're a possession heavy team, so particularly now. Emre's definitely given them more of the ball and they will try and build from the back. They're generally either player 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1 either way, either a double pivot or a single pivot. Um, the guy I like is Raville Tagir, who is a six-foot, 18-year-old left-sided centre-back, and he started to break into the team very late last season, only seven Super League appearances, and he's made five out of the 12 this season. Um, so he's been on the bench. He, he's now injured. What the reason which I'm profiling him is obviously, like I said, I I, I looked at the, the league. There are 40 players who are under 23 playing in this division at the moment, you know, who have, who have got minutes out of those 40. He is the highest for passes per 90. So he makes the most from center back 67 and a half, on average, um, which leaves him first. But he's also first for accurate passes per 90, 96% pass accuracy from centre half, which already gives you a big indication of what type of centre half he is. Not only does he build from the back, he does it successfully, he doesn't give the ball away. Very To be first for most passes and to be first for success is really impressive. So he's very, very capable. Uh, with the ball at his feet. Now, where it starts to get more impressive is he's also first for forward passes per ninety. So, as a as a centre half, you know, who makes a load of passes, you can picture going to his centre half partner, going to his fullback, going to the goalkeeper. No, no, 29 passes over 29 passes per game go forward, break lines, playing the midfield, playing to the forwards. He's also first for accurate forward passes per ninety. So out of all of those players, 96% of his forward passes are accurate. So he doesn't just force them through into midfield or somewhere else. He frequently penetrates with accuracy. And he's in the top six for possession-adjusted interceptions as well. So he's clearly got a brain to him. Now, if those five statistics don't make you stand up and go, oh, my God, what a modern-day ball-playing centre-half, nothing will. My
1: next question is, why is he playing centre half? And not, not in the 10. Yeah. <laughs> why is he there? Well, I mean, can he actually, you say six foot. I've always got, it always worries me a bit when you get, when you see a centre back that is, that is like that, that is around like six foot, five, eleven, six foot. And it's a bit like you come up against a bigger striker. soon as the striker's bigger than you, as your, your defensive duties become a hundred times harder if the if the centre, if centre forward is bigger and stronger than you
0: yeah
1: was he defensively he's
0: he's good you know his, his his clear his clear strength is ball playing from the back it's one of those weird ones where you know he could play for man city but he couldn't play for burnley which you know especially in years gone past would sound a strange thing to say because city are considerably better than burnley uh, but you know stylistically... i know what you mean yeah, of course. You, yeah, you now know what I mean by saying that. You know, I don't think he could take Ben Mee's place and be a good player because he just wouldn't suit them. Um, well, if you looked,
1: at, if you looked at long balls conceded and balls into the balls into the box conceded, you, Burnley would have Burnley statistics probably go twenty times per game higher than Man City's. So you need a centre back for Burnley who is going to be. You don't necessarily need that passing style of football. You need someone who's actually going to body like. Head and like body on the line, big, strong, doing everything they can to pin the center forward, stop them from getting into areas.
0: Yeah, comfortable to defend your box. And yeah. just you know, if you yeah. doubt, put it out. They still like that. What I would say is at 18, wouldn't have stopped growing. Uh, uh, and the classic case, I believe, is Scott McTominay. If, um, if you find an article or some pictures of when he was about 16 or 17, 18 years of age to what he is now, he grew about five or six inches in a year and a bit. Um, What's Scott McTominay do you think? 6'3"?
1: Yeah, he's, must be
0: around that, good size. that. if you good size. If you researched it, you will find Scott McTominay under 18, about five foot six. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, and, you know, not everyone's going to do that, but uh, revealed to gear... Six for eighteen. You'd like to think he might make six one, six two potentially. Then fill out his body a little bit more defensively. That becomes a little bit easier anyway. Um, so they got him for two point five million euros uh, in September last year from Altinordu. Oh, this is a tough one. It's uh, Altinordu. There you go, Altinordu. Um, so, like I said, he is. So comfortable in possession. He reminds me of Stonesy when you look at him in terms of he'll play a pass forward and then you instantly sprint 10, 15 yards deeper to just create another angle. It's not like job's done. It's, you know, here's the ball, but right here I come back at another angle. I'm ready to have it again. And when he's got it, some center halves, you know, you will have the ball to their feet and you look at them and think you're not comfortable doing this. Um, and and uh, Tagir absolutely loves it. He's you know he's like I mean, Edison's arrogant, isn't he? He's so confident when he's got the ball at his feet. He's being pressed, and you just think he's so laid back. It's a joke. He lets the press. And and, and Tagir has similar qualities. You know, bring it on. I'll play out. No no problem. But his quality is incredible. So if if Emre is going to go a little bit more possession heavy. Uh, then when he's fit and firing, a little bit older, more experienced, Reveal Tagir is definitely someone who he should be basing all the construction of his attacks from. He's born in Kazakhstan, but he's played he's got six Turkey Under-21 caps and has been there throughout all of the youth teams. So it's not just a, a crazy late progression. He's been very, very good at his ages across the board. So it's one of those where the next step for him is just breaking into a team in the Super League. Yeah, And if he can do that, I think uh, people will be uh, aware of him quite quickly. Turkey was the biggest disappointment at the Euros, weren't they? They're everyone's dark horse. They had the youngest squad there. Only only they were younger than us. Um, and they were a real disappointment. But I do think if you factor in the fact, you know, they were the youngest team. And then they've got people like Reveal Tagir, people like that in their 21s there's no reason why turkey can't be uh pretty handy in the next 10 mm. years
1: absolutely absolutely when you look at your, your your ukrainian team that is that is aging from from last year i yeah i certainly agree um my guy plays a little a complete different position a little bit further up the pitch so i looked at galatasaray versus fatty uh, karagumruk so i oh, yeah. to say fatty karagumruk Fifth versus eighth, Galatasaray, they're making a charge. They've had a bad start to the season, but they've won four out of their last five and drew the other. So they're making a charge. And their football is just energy. Like, it is press, 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 press. When they get it, bit suspect, but press, 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 Like, basically, force the error and do something with it. this was epitomised. By my super sub, Mustafa Mohammed, um, 23-year-old Egyptian striker, but could play probably anywhere across that front three. Um, best way to describe him in a as a gameplay sort of style is probably a mix between Raúl Jiménez and Jermaine Defoe. <laughs> Stick with me on this one. Cool. So the game was pretty dead, nil-nil, very tight, very cagey. Um, this guy came on and no word of a lie, the defenders would look like they were playing a, playing a completely different game. So the player he replaced was, was very, I'm not going to say not energetic, because he was, but, but not as energetic as this guy. So the centre-back's probably thinking, oh, thank God this guy's come off. Probably not expecting someone else else's even more energy coming on. Then on comes Mustafa Mohammed, And oh my God, like the guy drank about five red balls before he came on. Like it's like a I wouldn't say like Jamie Vardy, but similar like work ethic to Jamie Vardy, where he just plays on sprint, like and he's just like so the Jimenez side of his game, absolute workhorse. So came on the 60th minute, which isn't easy to come on as a sub, by the way, and to get into the pace of the game and just suddenly just to work work as hard as you can because you you essentially start blowing after about five minutes, but he actually didn't. And like so so the, the style of football that Fatty um Gumruk or Gumruk play is lots of touches. They had a lot of possession, lots of nice passes out the back, and very relaxed ball playing centre centre backs. You can you can picture. Yeah. Um, and then when the striker came off, they were expecting. It looked like they were expecting. "Oh, ah, well, fine. We can still do this. I mean, they could never. They never did it. So as soon as he came on, the the percentage of long balls shot up that they started playing because they just couldn't play out the back. Because whenever they took a touch, he was there. He was on them, like shadow. Doesn't matter where, doesn't matter which which defender got it. He was on them, and there was never a time when he stopped running and pressing. Chased absolutely every long ball that Galatasaray played. Every first touch of the centre back was being closed down. He just did not give them space to breathe. And even more like Jimenez was his ability to head the ball. Rare trait of some players. You know when you see some players and they jump, but they don't jump and they go up and they go back down. They seem to just defy gravity and just float <laughs> for a little bit. And they don't come down and everyone else has dropped down, but they're still up there. It's a rare trait that you see in players like, who probably notoriously not the ones who are very tall as well. Um, Ronaldo is a good example for it. Ronaldo is a good example for everything. Um, but in a way that you you jump and you just float there and you win the header. Very elegant as well. There's a huge art to it. But you hung up for that long. And like, Imagine you're a centre-half in the dying embers of the game. And this guy is doing that to you. He's chasing you. He's winning headers against you as well. You're thinking, well, we're in for a game here. So that is kind of his Raul Jimenez style of play. He was so energetic and he, and he just worked incredibly hard. And his, his aerial threat, guy's about six foot, 5'11", six foot, but his aerial threat was incredible. And then Jermaine Defoe. So when he did get the ball right, his first thought was not to, where are my other players? Where, who can I pass to? That was probably the last thing on his mind It was who can I pass to? This guy, if you ever see like a guy who's desperate or hungry for a goal, it was him. Every time he got the ball, his first thought was touch and shoot. Strange. He got the ball, he didn't dribble with it, didn't hold it, because he he did play as a lone striker in a 4-3-3. Got the ball, didn't go right, can I bring my wingers into play? Can I hold it up for anyone making third man runs? Can I drop it off, spin? Got the ball, touch out of his feet, shot. It was like a shooting drill. And it's for about the last 30 minutes. Right. But the good thing was to see is that these shots weren't just like scuffs, like bobbling to the keeper, rolling along the floor. These are actually like forcing saves. So it's just like they weren't half-hearted attempts in any sort of way. They were just, they were good. They were strikes of good quality. Okay, and his efforts were finally rewarded where unsurprisingly so. um. Fancy um, Carrigan Rook, they went one nil up probably in like the 80th minute. But this guy got a, a last, this guy, or they probably went up in about 75, and then he got a goal in the 80th, which literally came from a defensive error caused by this guy pressing it and then mm. and get like smashing it home. Nice. Um, and what I really loved as well reminds me a lot of myself is uh, in the 89th minute, made an 80 yard track back. Well, their striker was their striker was one v one, and this guy just came out of nowhere and did everything he could to stop the ball. Reminds me a lot of myself. I would have done the same. Do you reckon? No.
0: That's yeah. You've got no. the wrong. You got the wrong one out of us there. <laughs> that, that's me to a to a T. No, I actually do have that. done that
1: before. I have you done haven't. that before playing as a. I was playing as a deep midfielder in that game. Yeah. yeah so you were already there. Yeah. Not as a not as a forward man. Um you never do that which pod it was we did it but when when I spoke about I've, it on occasion has been called a luxury player and uh, maybe maybe I could have worked a bit harder that game in, in early in, in earlier earlier seasons the amount of people who've clipped that right and just sent it to me going bang on <laughs> 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 you to a T <laughs> yeah you, you know, well, it's yeah. when you it's when you said um, you're the first player to you're the first player to go <laughs> squealing but as soon as someone isn't um someone isn't working you'd also moan as well yeah yeah you would.
0: yeah you yeah when you're saying oh you know this guy's just run back 80 yards to track something you would have done about eight yards and then called the lino an idiot for not putting his flag up <laughs> and then you were oh it's like chatting to the center half as the moon was developing that's I you don't know what you're on about <laughs> what you're on about
1: um yeah, but this guy is on loan from Zamalek. It's weird. So He's twenty three, right? So he's almost getting to retirement. Um, he's been on loan. So he's, so Zamalek is an Egyptian Premier League team.
0: Yeah.
1: Don't know much about the Egyptian Prem. Can't imagine it's as good as the Turkish Super League. But he's been on loan at several Egyptian teams, but it just hasn't worked out. But since he's joined Galatasaray this year, he scored eight and sixteen.
0: Mm.
1: He's coming off the bench. Like so, it's. A, it's like it looking like making a start to a prolific goal. And he came in in January this year. So, from the end of their last season or the second half of their last season, the start of this, he's eight and 16. In his first games, he was like five and five. So, in terms of clubs that are interested in him, so I looked at transfer mark value, 5.7 million. I thought that's quite good. Yeah. He's actually linked to Crystal Palace in March for 22 million. Really? After scoring five and five. Yeah. I think he would suit. He would suit. That was that was at the time of Roy Hodgson, Crystal, okay. which is built around hard work and doing the basics right. Mm-hmm. It's also been linked with Rangers, very much probably similar to Alfredo Morelos, and they both work hard. Probably not as much of a unique type of personality as Alfredo Alfredo Morelos, but also linked with teams like Sanetian as well. Most recently, but yeah, certainly one to look out for and. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. I'd love it if he kept, went to Bristol Palace. He's he'd have been a breath of fresh air. Just work, 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 and work.
0: And also, uh, six Egypt caps and yes, it, it, yeah. Recently, looks like he's the leading the line for him. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're after. Um. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Both of us have gone slightly left field there because you know you've picked someone who spent a lot of time on the bench I've spent someone who either starts or might not even be in the squad um so I like that it's a bit different isn't it two names that is you know, we'll go to some countries and the very you know the very big football fans will will know of some of the names that we pick out because a lot of the time they are the you know arguably the best performing young players in that division with High market value, um, you know, like the guys from Ukraine last year. Like the big football fans would have heard of them, I think. But mm. I mean, even the biggest football fans would do well to to know of Raviolte Gear um, and and uh, and your player. Um, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. No, two two couple of good players. Yeah, I like that. Should we crack on with fantasy football?
1: Hey, it is all to play for, isn't it? One six eight plays one six eight. I have a horrible feeling. That one of your you had a centre back in there that had a clean sheet. Your horrible
0: feeling is justified.
1: Yeah. So and I think that's what Sedge did because we started off with the first first three players, which yeah. Si copy me. Si, wow, well, I didn't copy you. I think I went first, but it, I had sai Gankov scored one shock. What scored one point? Please. Yeah, scored one point. Right, okay, yeah scored one point. All right. Okay. Yeah, scored one point. Scored one point. Solomon for Shakhtar was on one point and then Syed Minesh for Zoya got an assist and started didn't he so that's four
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that puts me up to six now I went to Kulikov uh, to play some Mariupol injured, not in the squad, <laughs> squad. also there's a winger there, the only other under 23 player got, got a brace and a <laughs> what <laughs> like, I can't believe I, I don't know how I missed that guy but that would have, I'd be storming away. So that's zero. And then I had Nazarenko for Nipro, who got, who just got a start. But
0: before you, before I go into mine, just while I'm, you, you just mentioned that a minute ago, you know, I had a stinker in Scotland. Yeah. If, if the exact players I picked were for the last weekend's fixtures, I would have scored an absolute apple. It would have been 20 plus. Ben Woodburn <laughs> got a brace. Um and an assist, he got like four. He would have got fourteen points. Yanis Hadji got something. Uh, I think Kieran Freeman was back in. I would have got and had y- done something for Satwick as well. I would have got about twenty four. yeah idiot. I, I, I genuinely
1: think that we're cursed
0: because
1: Saigankov is the net. Well, how we described him and his his form, But didn't even register an assist.
0: Yeah, fraud. <laughs> Yeah, picked out the wrong bloke. Uh, anyway, so that was a total score of what, Marco? Uh,
1: we're looking at seven. Okay, good. I've actually had worse so, scores to be fair, but you
0: have, like last week, Scotland. Uh, anyway, so yes, Sigankov, Solomon, Syed Manash uh, were three that I had, which was a combined six. Then I had uh, Alexei of Dnipro got one, and like you so rightly said, Vladislav Baboglo. Of Alexandria, they kept a clean sheet, won 2 0, six points, which gives me 13.
1: You're 13. So that puts you, you're on 168. So that puts you up to 181. Good. One, eight, one. And my oh, seven, modest seven puts me up to 175. So rightly so, I'm six behind you because of that clean sheet. Who have you got for next week, mate? Actually, I'll go, I was just don't get accused of copying or whatever. Okay. Um, I've got Mustafa Hamid for Galatasaray. I've got Kurakuk for Hatayspor. Spore. He's a centre back. I've got Kadi Oglu for Fernabashe, centre mid. Um, Akgan for Adana Denis and Ozkan for Istanbul Basakash Yeah,
0: I've got two of those. I've got Abdul Kukir Amur of Trabs attacking midfielder. Uh, I've also got Kurakuk of Haita centre half. Uh, I've got Mergin Barisha. Of Fenerbahce, I've got Eunice Agkun of Demispor and Burkan Kutlu of Galatasaray.
1: Hey, I... Wow, well, to be fair, I've picked two forwards, one centre-back one centre and two centre-mids, but they're goal-scoring centre-midfielders, so... Yeah, cent, centre-midfielders are a dodgy I've, one. one. I've tra- yeah, but midfielder, clean sheet. I'm playing for more than one point here because... As, they, as we know, it's, it's, it's anyone's game. And strange things do happen when we curse teams. So the Turkish League, once again, is now another league that has been cursed. But no, I Turkish football as a whole, thoroughly enjoy it. I think if you're looking for keywords to sum it up, up, passion um, plan B for Premier League players.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I
1: think that's, that's how you sum it up. It's not, it's not known for its young. They do have a couple of good youngsters knocking around but I think it is known for bringing those players who you're trying to get the last get their last bit of quality out of them before they potentially either retire or they decide to go to a China go to a Saudi Arabia whatever it may be
0: yeah it's it's obviously it's not a stepping stone country is it you don't no. go there and you know you're for per- grid your career doesn't really take off too much from there. But uh, yeah, absolutely right. Now, looking ahead of the game, Marco, uh, I hope we'll be able to do this next week. They they do have fixtures? Well, yeah, they do have fixtures. So so yeah, they have fixtures for our fantasy football, but we're on international break as it stands. And what would be really nice is we either look at whether we can pick someone out across the international break or even in the 21 setup, one or the other. That would be cool. Yeah, we can look at that. I think that'd be nice. Um just have a yeah, a little, little bit of something different from a different domestic yeah. league. See if we can pick someone out of the of the 21s. Hey, wherever we are, you can contact us at TestPod
1: on all the uh, on all the uh, social medias, Instagram at Test Pod, Twitter at TestPod, or you can email us at testpod at gmail.com. We will Love. see you there.